Have you ever dreamed of opening a store? Welcome to the Retail Darwin podcast, where we're exploring the evolution of retail alongside industry thought leaders, experts, and partners. From WS Development, I'm Taylor West, here alongside my co-host, Karina Donoso and our producer, Ryan Miller. This special edition series accompanies the Retail Darwin's visual activation at the pop-up incubation project, The Current, in the heart of Boston's seaport. The visual activation outlines nine key steps on how to open a store. In this special podcast series, we're joined by our peers here at WS Development that specialize in each topic, and we hope you'll find inspiration within these conversations. And if you've ever dreamed of opening a store, we want to hear all about it. DM us on Instagram at The Retail Darwin to learn about pop-up opportunities at our project, The Current. Stemming from episode one, where we branded our business and learned about identifying our customer, we now need to figure out where our business comes to life. We want to meet the customer where they are. Finding the ideal store location is crucial to meet a return on your investment. We are ecstatic to dive into today's episode with our very own James O'Leary, who our team works super close with, with a lot of our pop-ups. He's going to be here to help us educate more on how to consider a location. James is from our WS Leasing team, and we are so excited to have him. James, welcome. Hey, Karina. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, James. So let's get into it because I, I kind of want to talk to you about this really interesting quote that I found, um, and it's from Forbes, so it has to be good. So Forbes says that retailers who open new stores see an average of 37% web traffic increase. So James, tell us what do prospective tenants need to think about to help them identify where they should do business? So I think this is an amazing statistic. We hear this a lot in the industry and it's interesting. This, this has led to a retail renaissance five or six years ago. You couldn't avoid headlines of brick and mortar retail is dead. Everything is going online. Amazon is taking over the world. Why would every, anybody ever go shopping again? And right now, the WS leasing team has more demand for space than we've ever had. And a lot of this is led from online-only businesses that have found out that they can only grow to a certain level if they're only online, and they need to get bigger. And the only way to scale is to open stores. And as mm-hmm. they began opening stores, they realized their online sales significantly increased. So that's only led to more and more brands wanting to open stores. So the age old retail statement is when talking about location or where to open is location, location, location. Totally. And it's absolutely true. Um, But I think that one thing that gets left out of that statement is when you talk about cost. Yeah. There's, There's Location is absolutely important, but it's also you have to be realistic about what what is the best spot that I can be, but that also makes sense for my business and makes sense, you know, from a a budget or cost standpoint. That's great. One thing that I always ask retailers when they want to pop up with us is, well, where are you seeing your online traffic coming from? Because that helps us understand where you should do business. I think like a lot of people don't use the data that they have at their fingertips to really analyze like where their, their business is. So some people would say, um, okay, I'm doing, you know, 50% of my business is coming from Boston. So where in Boston, you know, should I go? And we have so many different opportunities, but like they should also consider like 
similar communities like New York or like Chicago. Like, you know, there are so many different markets to test that are similar to where you're being successful. And I, I, I always lean into, you know, online analytics, at least to help figure out where their best location could be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think from the, the biggest to the smallest brands, they're, they're looking at it the same way. And I think it goes yeah. uh, one of two ways. If, if you're doing really well online um, in a market like an East Coast market like New York, uh, Boston is likely a, a pretty seamless uh, transition. But also you may, um, you know, if, if you're doing really strong online in Boston, it makes sense to open a store in Boston. And you're yeah. likely, you know, as the Forbes quote was, you're, you're going to see an even bigger presence. So if, if you already have that online presence, opening a store uh, is only going to help that. We hear that a lot uh, with one of our recent acquisitions outside of Providence, Rhode Island, that this is trading um, similar to Boston. And, and this, you know, Providence can, all, you know, it's an hour south of Boston and can kind of get looped into larger national tenants uh, rollout when they're looking at Boston. And we hear a ton of digitally native brands say, you know, we act Providence pings really high for a small city uh, on our online sales numbers. So this totally makes sense for us to explore a store and, and, and open here. And even thinking about like where your customer is going, like speaking about Providence, lots of colleges, lots of young people drawing towards those markets is, what do you say? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's another thing to really think about, you know, as you're deciding on the location of your store is who's around there, who's shopping there. And, you know, what are you selling? Does it make sense to sell this in that market? You know, an obvious uh, example, if you look at sporting goods, you know, if, if you, you, you wouldn't open a ski shop uh, in Tampa, Florida, but you, you know, a snow ski shop, but you would absolutely in Boston, even though there aren't ski mountains in Boston, there's a ton of people who go skiing in Boston. So that makes sense. Um, and similarly, if you're talking about the college students, you know, understand that that, that is uh, the demographic and does your product or your service relate to, to who's going to be there. That leads me to my next question. What do you think a small business should ask a leasing person about a spot that they, like, let's say you meet a great brand and you think the brand is great for the location. What's something you would like recommend that they ask you like to help even confirm that this is a great investment for them to make? It's a great question. I'll take my WS hat off and, and, you know, talk as a tenant and there are definitely uh, some important questions to ask. I think that, you know, you want to understand who is shopping um, in this location. I think you also want to know and historically how other tenants have done sales wise, because you could be the greatest tenant in the world um, and the coolest product. But, you know, if historical sales don't line up to kind of your projections, uh, it's, again, doesn't matter how amazing you are, it's unlikely that you are going to, you know, 5x the sales of, of somebody else who has been there. So it's just keeping kind of you know, you want to get an understanding of, okay, there's been some interesting brands here. Or there was a store that has been there for 20 years. I wonder, you know, do you know what they did historically in sales? And that's going to give you, you know, a pretty good idea, especially if it's a larger sample size. If you can say, okay, there's 
50 stores in this project? Like, you know, what are the average store sales or, or what are these five or six similar tenants doing? That's going to help you kind of understand what, um, you know, what you can realistically project to do. That's awesome. And I would even add to that. A lot of times I provide them like socioeconomic details about like the surrounding neighborhoods, So they understand like who's shop, like to your point, who's shopping there, who's living there, who's working there. Um, you know, when I had a small business, that was something I remember um, an advisor of mine said to me, they're like, Wait, what? you know, make sure you understand, you know, who's living here and who's shopping there. And I, you know, it really did, did make a difference when we were sort of in this uh, contemplating on where we were going to, you know, put our first uh, pop up brick and mortar. So, well, James, this has been so helpful. And I think our, our guests are going to gain so much out of this when they're thinking about, you know, location, location, location. And, you know, to wrap up our um, podcast, we always ask uh, an icebreaker question, ironically, at the end. Um, so I'll pass it over to to Ryan, who um, always tees them up. So, yeah, thank you, Karina, for that tee up for that. <laughs> um, so, James, the question is, what is your ultimate cheat meal? Oh, you picked the right guy, I guess, to, to ask this question. I, I think I have borderline a daily cheat meal. Um, you know, I, I love I love going out to dinner. I love cooking also. Um, so this is I love uh, food. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so do I. I, uh, I absolutely love it. I, I you know, uh, I guess there's a two parted answer to this. I, I do love uh, going out to dinner and uh, pizza. Who doesn't love pizza? Yeah. I lived in New York City for five years, so I explored all kinds of uh, pizza restaurants. So I would say going out and eating pizza or uh, cooking my, my mom's homemade taco recipe that I grew up eating is, is another big time uh, cheat me meal. Right Two classics, <laughs> pizza and tacos. Yeah. Absolutely. A little homemade guacamole with the tacos. You can't beat it. Nice. Ryan, what's yours? Oh, God, I forgot I got to answer this. I just want to know. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for burritos. Like, I, I can't help say that I go to Chilicate is way too much, the, way too much uh, more than I should. Um, but I think when I'm at home, um, the go-to meal that we get is um, is probably pizza. Yeah. Like that's, it's just easy. The kids like it. So, it, you know, one kid is obsessed with it. The other kid likes mozzarella sticks. You can always get mozzarella sticks at a pizza place. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely pizza and mozzarella sticks. All right. What about you? Um, so mine is actually called Burger of the Month. And me and my friends like every it. month go and try a different burger place in Boston. Oh, nice. Um, and we just go all out. And nothing is uh, off limits. So you What's been your favorite burger? Well, I will say Harvard Gardens does a great burger. I love a good <laughs> Shake Shack burger if a, if it's around. Um, are you eating there? Are you, you ordering? No, like, we're going Uber there. We are going yeah. to space, sitting down, making a night of it. Tomorrow is January's. Nice. So. As I think of this question more, I think that a, a cheat meal – I think has to include French fries. Oh, yes. You know, because when I think of a burrito, like, right, that's yeah. not a cheat day. Come on. That's just like a regular lunch. And right. even, even pizza is not that much. So you, you know, I think it has to include French fries and uh, potentially end with ice cream or some kind of dessert. So for me to qualify as a cheat day, not only am I getting pizza, but there's probably some kind of French fries or fried appetizer and then ice cream to finish it off. If it's just pizza, it's a regular night. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're my kind of guy, James. Yeah. And a Diet Coke. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Diet Coke for sure. My my ultimate cheat meal, even though French fries don't go with it, um, I need like 
I need all the Chinese food in my life. Like, give me the cold noodles, give me the sesame chicken, give me some chopsticks. Like, I want it all. I love, I love Chinese food. That's a good answer. I love Chinese food. And then I'm like, James, so like after I've indulged in this Chinese, I then need to like wrap it up because I have such a sweet tooth. So like yeah. I need chocolate. I need ice cream. I'm I'm sick for a week. Like, Absolutely. but I'm committed. And if you love Chinese food, you have to come to the street and eat at Bernard's. If, uh, Without question. Yeah. So good. Such a hidden gem of Chinese food in in the Boston market. Got it last week. You will uh, you will find me there at least once a week for lunch, and so that's why the cheat day question is a little <laughs> tough for me to answer. Makes great leftovers too. Like I had it the next day too. I left it in the fridge downstairs. It was great. I'm surprised you even like got to get it. If someone didn't yank it from you. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, James. Thank you. This Thanks, is James. great. Thanks, James.